Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. To another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 211. We are recording on a extremely hot Wednesday where I am, uh, but it is a nice Wednesday evening. Uh, the Knicks are not playing. There is some worthless summer league basketball going on. Uh, the Yankees apparently can't win again, so I'm sure, Prez, you're very happy about that. Uh, and that, again, just so you know, I'm joined by my co-host, Prez, that's at President of Twitter. Prez, how you doing? No, just uh, Yankees giving everybody else in the league a chance to catch their breath. <laughs> I, I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. You know, it's a, it's a long season. Red, Red Sox got a little juiced up, cutting the division lead to like 15 <laughs> or whatever. So, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the Yankees will uh, get it together at some point. <laughs> you gotta, they got to keep the 162-game season interesting, right? You know, can't have people checking out in July. <laughs> I just don't even like talking about the Yankees because I don't want to, like, this is, it's, like, too good. So I don't want to fucking fix it. <laughs> That's why you haven't heard me, like, talk shit in any intros when you ask me how I'm, because I'm thinking about it, but I just, I'm like, nah, I don't don't fuck with it. There's you're still just high like, no. disaster potential. <laughs> you're like, no, no, the Mets are really good. Not the Yankees. The Yankees suck. Don't worry, don't worry about them. Uh, yeah, like, but- oh, what a competitive, what a competitive year for baseball. Gosh, <laughs> it's anyone's game. <laughs> but we are joined today uh, by not a first time guest, but first time in a while. His name is YC. Uh, it's actually not YC, but we're going to call him YC. He's at YC on Twitter. Uh, he's a writer. For Jesus and Miro, um, I see what's up, man. Not much, man. Good. We're on hiatus right now. You know, taking a little break. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, how is uh, how, how's your hiatus going? Pretty good. I mean, uh, there's not a whole lot to do. I can't say it's productive. I've just been kind of fucking around. <laughs> I haven't really been doing a whole lot. So it's very hot out. Um, you know, catching up with some people I haven't seen in a while, but more or less just fucking around. So, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's mentally productive though, right? Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, I'm not out there breaking rocks. I'm not trying to pretend that my job is at all, <laughs> you know, taxing in that way, but it is kind of a feeling of being on all the time and, you know, working on the deadlines weekly and trying to make sure that shit goes well. So, you know, t- being able to turn that off completely where everybody is off at the same time, nobody's working on the show, you know, it's a nice mental mental recharge. See, for us, we don't have to worry about that because, like, I would say somewhere between one-third and half of the podcasts, we have no agenda. <laughs> and 100% of them, we have 
no notes. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but two hundred and eleven. I mean, when when uh, Schwinn said that out loud, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, two hundred and eleven. It's, it's a lot. It's funny. Like uh, when we're uploading the shit, like you know, I have the draft pod. And during draft season, it comes out every week. But for the rest of the year, it's pretty much whenever the fuck I want. So we only have 30-something episodes. So I'll literally upload one, and it'll be like, all right, upload 35. And then I'll look back to see when 34 was. And there's like eight Pod Stricklands in between for no fucking reason. And I'm just like, how how does this even happen? It's uh, it's a mystery wrapped inside of a riddle. Uh, but before we get started, I have to make an announcement. Circle us Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a number of tiers. There's a six dollar tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this pod every Friday that I do with Prez. Also get access to Strickland Mail Bag, hosted by Andrew Drew, aka Doug Steele. That is wonderful. That comes out every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. It certainly hasn't stopped since. Uh, Woj tweeted about one Donovan Mitchell yesterday. There's further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I rant, yell, and rave about the Knicks even more. You also, and much more importantly, get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Hundley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, a $30 tier, $50 tier, and a $100 tier. You also get a variety of additional benefits like live watch parties. Merchandise discounts, listening in on pod recordings, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly, whether you choose to subscribe or not. And this would be possible without you. So without further ado, um, I don't know. Like, Look, we, we can't not talk about it. It's, the, it's not even like the elephant in the room because it's just, it's out. Like, it's not in the room anymore. The elephant's just fucking trampling around the fucking house. Um, Donovan Mitchell obviously is... On the block, but like at the same time, Danny Ainge is totally not just gonna give him away, and like you know, he's got all this leverage apparently. Um, Perez, I'll just let you go because I know you had some some takes on this. Um, oh, I'm so, excited yeah. to hear this. He was he yeah. was threatening I the just, Donovan like, Mitchell takes. I, y'all tell me if I'm chipping because it feels like it's worse this off season. Maybe it's just worse because the Knicks are involved or potentially involved in more transactions but like the whole habit of particularly national reporters making mountains of molehills by using very selective language where words aren't necessarily wrong but they're painting either incomplete or misleading pictures to just talk about what the situation is and push agendas for teams it's so fucking obvious to me and i feel like it's net worse now than ever like we, we saw we saw it like baby versions of it around the draft time like the example i always point out is the malcolm brogdon shit where like a zillion fucking reporters were talking about like the knicks and the wizards are armed with picks chasing down Malcolm Brogdon or whatever, like, nonsense and just, you know, the Knicks need to play. Armed with the 11th oh, pick. I know. <laughs> fucking locked and loaded or whatever. Like, it's just, it, like, technically, yes, they have the pick. Technically, yes, they may be in the market for a point guard. But that doesn't mean they're, that you can, like, imply to everybody on the fucking internet that this is something that has a modicum of likelihood. And we later fucking found out that, like, 
nobody gave a shit about Malcolm Brogdon for the most part. The Celtics did it because they're willing to fucking eat a $20 million bench player, which no other team in the league wants to do. Well, it's also and, just different for them. They don't, like... Yeah. For them, it's, you know, it's like if you have um, a big-ass meal, like, you know, you, you, you're fine with, like, four sides, right? But if you can get a fifth side, why not? And, right. like, they can do that. Like, they're, they're in a position to do that, and they didn't give up anything. Like, they, like really, the trade was what? It was, like, a bunch of shit that they didn't need yeah. to... Yeah. Tice, Neesmith, who was, you know, I look for a guy that came in with the reputation of a shooter. I've seen a few too many. Just not have you read? Pre- I mean, he was like he's a he's not a bad shooter, but like he's not a bad shooter. He's not the shooter. He's not the shooter people fucking pretended that he was, and it was very obvious to anybody who just took more than like five minutes to think about it. But um, anyway, like we're seeing it now with with the Mitchell stuff. With all these teams lining up for Danny Ainge, who I'm sure made plenty of connections with these reporters during his time in Boston, um, there's decades really, and like, you know, first they first they're not interested in trading; they're retooling. Like, well, who the fuck are you fooling, bro? Like, you you just traded even the people who would who would say that Rudy Gobert sucks would not be like, okay, you're not going to replace Rudy Gobert on defense. And they saw the trade, and it's not like you got back some impact fucking player. You got back a zillion picks instead of a player because they could have gotten McDaniels, and they chose the picks instead. So, like, who are you fooling? And, like, then all of a sudden, predictably, it's like, oh, now they're listening to offers, but they're disappointed with Miami's offer in, in New York. Like, like if, if I was in a front office, I would – I guess this is, like, part of the game, but I would literally just laugh. And I might actually also be offended. Like, if I was Leon Rose, I'd be like, do you think I'm an idiot? Do you think I'm stupid? And maybe they do, or maybe this is just, like, accepted practice, so everybody, all the GMs and front office people are just like, oh, you know, we had to do it, whatever. So, like, I think, I think what it is, though, is, like, there is a, a reality of public pressure, and, like, that matters less in certain markets, but... I mean, I was thinking about this today. And look, you're a Yankees fan. We're obviously all Knicks fans. Uh, YC, I'm pretty sure you're also a Manchester United fan. Like, these are three of the biggest sports franchises, brands, whatever you want to call them, in the world. Like, in the world. Anything these teams, clubs, organizations do is super big news. So, like... I think there is a value in Danny Ainge putting it out there like, hey, Donovan Mitchell's out here. We are listening to offers. And also, you know, kind of like, once you put Miami in there, we all know what Miami can offer because they can only offer like five things. You know, like they can offer you Tyler Hero. They'll, they have to give you Duncan Robinson's terrible contract so the money works. They can put in a couple other bullshit guys to make the math work. And they have, you know, the they can get the 2023 pick, the 2027 pick, and the 2029 pick, and a couple of swaps. Like, that's what they can offer. Like, that is the reality of the situation um, because that's effectively, like, what is the max offer. That, that's what it would take to get down to the Metro. Um, and it's useful to put that out there because then it's like, like, let's be real. There is a – there is a – past history with James Dolan where 
he has definitely put pressure on his front offices to acquire the shiny object of the day, right? Um, say what you will about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I, I personally, I feel like if there was no pressure from Dolan to get it done at the deadline, I think they could have waited that out potentially. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. The point being is they ended up making this trade, and I don't think it was a terrible trade. I don't want to rehash the Mellow trade. Point is, they make the trade to get Mellow in large part because of the pressure from Dolan. And I know this pressure exists from every owner, right? Like, there's always going to be pressure coming. It's your fucking boss. Your boss always is allowed to put pressure on you. But in this case, there is value, I think, to put this out there because this team is covered in a certain way. And Leon is in year three of his regime. And we know that Phil Jackson got fired after three years. We know that Steve Mills got fired after two and a half years into his third year, a disappointing third year. We know historically, going back all the way to Donnie Walsh, basically, that you get three years under James Dolan. And if at the end of year three or at some point in year three, he he figures, no, these guys aren't getting the job done. We're not on the path to contending. We're like, if he thinks that, you're fucking out. And I, I like to think that this front office, based on the maneuvers they have made to date, have a little bit more leeway or foresight or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Like, I think they've earned more time because of how they have conducted themselves and the moves they made and the fact they made the playoffs in, in the first year on the job. Um, I don't know that to be true, though. And there might be pressure internally, like, hey, like, we need to make the playoffs. Otherwise, we're not going to get this shit done. And when there, those pressures exist in a marketplace like this, I think there is value for Ames to leak, like, oh, this is out there. Now, that's not – like, I get your point also, though, where it's like, okay, well, like, just because you put this out there, are you, like, are you now going to take a worse offer for Donovan Mitchell just so – like, you know, I get that part of it, where it's like – Well, like, like they we, just – they know, like, do, none of this shit is a secret. Rudy Gobert got traded for picks and no impact players. Like, once that happens, that's it. There's no – there's no hiding the ball. There's no hiding your hand of cards. Like, you can say whatever the fuck you want and change your mind in public. And, like, if I'm Leon Rose, as soon as the Rudy trade happens, you're talking to Dolan. You're like, all right, we, we might have to consider making a move because the guy we want is available because they're but, rebuilding. As, as soon as the Gobert trade happens, you tell Leon – you tell. Uh, Sorry, I was saying, but to Schwinn's point, do you think he's, like, trying to put pressure on or, like, put it out into public opinion that, like, all right, well, there's a move to be made for the Knicks and it's putting pressure on them to make to make a decision on it? Or do you think he's trying to affect the actual parameters of the deal? Because, like you said, I think after making that Gobert trade, it sets a price that you can't unset. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's. Yeah, you know, for hundred percent. I think he, they are trying to do that. I just think it's like literally as soon as, as soon as the the trade happened before all the water carrying happened, like this is what you've been waiting for. If you're Leon, so the wheels are in motion. So you're like, all right, Mister Dolan, we might have a chance right now. We're gonna wait and see, and we're gonna see if we can, you know, have an offer that lets us compete. Whatever you tell you tell your boss the game plan immediately. Because this is literally the, the main thing that you got hired to do. So, like, maybe, again, maybe Leon is stupid. And, like, they didn't have that conversation. The front office didn't talk to Dolan as soon as that deal happened. But, like, I know in my job, 
when the most important thing I'm working on changes dramatically, I have to talk about it with the powers that be I, immediately. I still have so, some like, doubts that I just I it's funny to me that I have doubts that like Dolan is like the meddler <laughs> that maybe he even used to be too, because on one hand it's like, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right yeah. that like you go to your yeah. boss and you yeah. say, This is what's on the table, but like don't be you know, swayed by this, we got it under control kind of talk, but, like, I'm not even sure he needs that at this point. He's, like, walking out of clubs, like, drunk right. and, like, doesn't even know, like, what's fuck is going on. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know if he's that pressed about it, to be honest with you. So, like, I don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah you might be right. Like, well, he's on I show think... mode. Isn't he trying to build, like, another yeah, MSC in LA or whatever he, right now? Not... Like, Dolan's got a lot of other business stuff going on, right? Like, I I tend to agree that he's probably not, like, sitting on Twitter like us, like, oh, shit, like, Woj just dropped, like, fucking Donovan Mitchell news, like, we gotta, we gotta find We out. gotta find his burner account. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Him, I'm sure him and his straight shot are rehearsing uh, right now. Like, like, I don't, I don't think it's a... <laughs> Maybe. But, like, I don't, like, I don't personally think he's, like, super pressuring Leon and stuff. Like, I... Yeah. I feel like you don't make the moves. They mm-hmm. haven't operated to me like a team that is desperate right. to win now. Like I know it got painted that way, like the Brunson stuff, but I, I don't. We don't need to rehash like what actually got traded. Like we're we it all wasn't know, a by any means thing. Like no, yeah, it we was, rehash, like the Mavs yeah. could have could have had a better offer, and then. They didn't, so they were probably and, like, "All right, let's go get this guy." Since and, and also like, <laughs> also like, it, it, like you know the way he was framed, right? He's like, "Oh my god, they traded eleven for nothing," and like, and now all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, the Knicks have so many picks they can throw in a trade." Wait, I thought you guys just got done for like two weeks telling us that we traded eleven for useless value picks. Now oh all of a sudden, oh my god, the Knicks are armed with all this draft capital. Like, so like, there's like, I don't that that to me shows. They traded out of 11 to get – they like, I don't know if they knew at that time that Donovan Mitchell was going to get traded. They couldn't have known, right, because Gobert hadn't been traded yet. There was no, like, clear indication, really, of what Utah was going to do. You might have no, it's a, it. it's a flexibility move. And this right. is, you know, once we all, like, stopped being, like, confused and angry on draft night, <laughs> this, is, this is what it, it ended up looking like, right? Like, oh, we don't have a lot of playing time for another young player. I mean, some of these players are good, but they're probably not going to play more than 15 minutes. So why don't we just accept? I was definitely like one of those people that was like upset on draft night. And then like as the details came out, it made a little bit more sense. But I got to say today, (laughs) I think that like even being in the position to talk about this right now validates their strategy. Like, I think that if you don't believe that, I I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what other argument you can make. Like, I think it completely validates what they did. Well, it's like, I totally agree. I actually was talking about this with somebody earlier, but like, like they are in a position now to trade for a player of Donovan Mitchell's caliber in large part because of that trade yeah. and the draft capital came to Now, we're going to talk all about should they trade for Donovan Mitchell? Is he the guy? But the point being is like Donovan Mitchell is a certain caliber of player, or at least he's viewed as a certain caliber of player. And to get a player like him, you're going to have to give out Especially now, yeah, you're going to have to give out multiple first round picks. And if you didn't make that trade, okay, let's say the Knicks didn't make that trade, they take two left picks. It doesn't, it doesn't, 
it does. It's not even that, but like they uh, like, three. If you if you yeah. assume they make take a player, it's of, well, it's yeah. it's not just that. Like they 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 don't have those picks, so then they have to go into their own bag. And now you're reducing. Like if they gave out all the picks they got on draft night, they give the Dallas pick that they got from the Porzingis trade. Shout out Christoph Porzingis, uh, who's no longer the Mavericks, uh, and then they give out two unprotected future ones. They would still have future picks to trade out if they need to, and like it's, cra- if they, it's crazy if you yeah. think about it. And if they didn't do that trade on draft night, that wouldn't be the case, right? Like, let's say they don't make that trade on draft night, and Angus and they're like, like, hey, if you want down to Mitchell, I need four first round picks. You have to go into your own stash to do that, and that becomes a lot less palatable of a trade, and it becomes a lot more risky and. That price, like, I think it's a lot less likely that the Knicks would meet that price at that point because they'd be like, no, what are we going to do? We're going to trade out picks until 2029 for Donovan Mitchell? Like, no, that's crazy. We're not going to do that. That doesn't need to be the case now. Um, but, like, the, you know, the reporting stuff to me, I don't know. Like, I, I agree it's just really bad now and it's really obvious at all times, like, who is getting sources, like, who – who is being sourced from who? And like, I, you know, I just feel like people, like, even on Twitter, where people are following this shit left and right, and maybe Twitter is not the best place to go give people the <laughs> not the best, not the best sense. measuring stick. <laughs> but I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, if the aliens come on Twitter, they're just like, nah, blow up the planet. Like, just, just get it over with. But like, I, I'm like, you guys don't, it just seems so obvious to me. I'm like, you, you don't see what's happening here? Like this is like not you, you guys on the pod, obviously, but other people, even other Knicks fans. I'm like, fucking relax. Do you see what's happening here? It's the same thing with the Brogdon stuff. Like, you you trust your common sense. Like, they're not gonna trade the eleventh pick for fucking Malcolm Brogdon. Like, yeah, like I, I I got so many people that were like, how do you know they're not gonna do that? And I'm like, I don't think any team in the NBA is trading a fucking top fifteen pick, twenty pick. For Malcolm Brogdon. Like, I, I don't know what you guys think Malcolm Brogdon is as an asset anymore, but it sure as shit ain't that. Um, but, like, you know, I don't... Uh, that part of it doesn't really... I don't really care about it that much because, like, I, I get why it's annoying. I also just kind of, like, accept that that's part of yeah, yeah. what it is. But, like, the, the shit that does annoy me is more, like, what we were talking about with the pick stuff where it's, like... In re- like for the la- literally for the the day of the draft for like and through I don't know basically yesterday, uh you know there was all this discourse and like wow they they moved all this sh- yeah they punted like they keep kicking the can down the road kicking the can down the road and it's like the thing I never really understood about that is like who who did they pass on trading for that you like thought was super worthwhile and and that's not like. Personally, like we'll talk about this more. Like I wouldn't do this Mitchell trade, um, but like before that, it's like talking about like Dejounte Murray and James Fatass fucking Harden, like who can't move twice, and Ben Simmons who doesn't want to play basketball anymore. Like these are the these are the moves that like like you can keep saying like when are they going to make a big move? When are they going to make a big move? Like can't keep kicking the deck can down the road, and it's like. I mean, you can, and maybe you should, when there's, like, no other moves to be made. Like, 
what move was out there for them? There wasn't anything. Create a superstar <laughs> and yeah, make like, them a real human, Schwinn. Obviously. Yeah, th- this isn't like fucking 2K. Like, I, I can't do that. Fun story, back in the day, uh, when, remember they used to have like, remember 2K used to be ESPN, right? Or is it still ESPN? I have no idea. Um, but like, when that, when those first came out for Xbox, I made an entire team of like, makeup players on the Knicks, and they were all 7-7-99 attributes and everything. Um, but I ended up losing the finals in game seven because Kevin Garnett made like a fadeaway three from half court on me. So basically you were like David Fisdale for that team. Yeah, more or less, more or less. (laughs) Um, but like, you know, I just, I just don't, I never understood that argument because I'm just like, what do you mean? Like people are like, Oh, well they didn't take somebody at 11. They traded out for all these picks. They're kicking the can down the road. It's like, was there somebody at 11 that was going to like, transform the franchise like i like jalen williams a lot i don't think he's a franchise player i like jalen Dern plenty i don't give a shit that the knicks passed on him i think you loved aj griffin i don't think you're sitting here like wow can't believe like they didn't draft aj griffin my life is ruined you know like th- th- these are not franchise altering talents they might be players that help you move the needle they might be players that end up becoming really, really good pros. But I really don't think we're going to sit here being like, oh my God, can't believe the Knicks missed on the next Giannis Antetokounmpo. Who knows? Maybe Usman Jang is that guy. I am skeptical, but like, guess what? We're not going to find out for six years when OKC finally decides they should be done tanking. Um, I guess yeah, so like, I didn't understand that. And then I thought the coverage of it ever since then has been so weird where it's like, oh, these picks, like they... they they traded 11, you know, to dump Kemba. And it's like, that was such a clearly obvious, disingenuous way to report on it. But because that's how they reported it initially, like people just stuck to that. But now that like Donovan Mitchell's on the block, it's like, oh, you know, wow, look at all these picks the Knicks have to throw in this deal now. And it's like, that was always the case, man. That's been the case for like two weeks. That's what we've been saying. Um, and I find that part of the reporting really shitty because that is actually like that's that's either disingenuous or intentionally misleading i don't know what is worse or better or maybe they're both bad and who knows but like i just think that's really shitty and and you know i'll say this like i have shit on zach low many times but him and a few others uh, i think san vicini also like they actually like in their reporting of the, the coverage of the draft and the Jalen Brunson stuff. Like they made it pretty clear. Like yeah, no, like I like this draft night. These draft night trades for the Knicks. Like they they make sense. They're good moves. Like they you know whether you agree or disagree with them, they're not illogical moves. They didn't get nothing for what they did. And I, I you know like I know the NBA is not the NFL, and I don't know how draft value works in fucking baseball or anything. But in the NFL, if you trade it a first-round pick for three future first-round picks, no, like, you would be getting verbally flated for <laughs> years for that trade. Like, endlessly verbally flated for that trade. The Knicks got, like, three future ones in a draft going into it. Like, who is it? Jonathan Wasserman and a lot of other people talked about how, like, there would be teams that would love to trade out of the first this year to get future first-round picks. The Knicks did it. They did that. They did the thing that a lot of quote-unquote smart draft people were saying teams would like to do. They did it. 
you know, they took advantage of a team that has way too many first round picks and probably had some weird fascination with Usman Jang, just like they had a weird fascination with Alexei Pokashevsky two years ago, who fucking they sucks have, right, like carnival act. Like they took advantage of that and they got value for it and they got a lot of value for it. And now we're seeing the benefits of such a trade. And like like again, I don't personally think they should trade for Donovan Mitchell, but guess what? If they do trade for Donovan Mitchell, it'll likely be in large part enabled by the fact that they made I'll say that this thing about draft night it. though. I'll say one thing about it. Even if it was in substance a salary dump, and obviously that was part of the equation to to clear salary, even without the future first round picks, if you clear salary and you don't really lose that much in terms of talent or, you know, trade assets, and you end up signing the guy you wanted to sign that same summer, that's still a good deal. The three first round picks on top of it make it a great deal. But even if it was a, a straight salary dump to some to some extent, it's not like I don't know. It's just the idea that people keep saying that like we gave up so much, and then all of a sudden Alec Burks and No and uh, Nerlens Noel are these coveted rotation pieces. Like I saw that in that athletic piece where the guy was saying those are really credible rotation pieces that they gave up. I got so oh fucking God. mad <laughs> to be like, oh, now these guys are good. <laughs> we just got like flamed for signing them in the first place. We get rid of them to actually get a good player, and now they, now they're good. It's it's hilarious because like the framing, I'm I'm right with you, and I'm glad you named it because like the whole cleaning up your mistakes framing of it to me was kind of disingenuous because like first of all, like you can say what you want about Nerlens. Ab Ab is a solid rotation player, but like I will say this too about Ab. I actually it's great we got Brunson because mm-hmm. Brunson is really good, but like like and I know that. People, I don't know why the, the stuff with AB is weird, but like losing Alec Burks is like an actual hit. Like that's an actual thing that you're going to have to replace and will affect you on the court in terms of like your perform, your net rating or whatever. You know, like he's a good player and he featured in a lot of the Knicks' sure. lineups over the last two years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What I was just going to say is like the whole the whole idea that this was cleaning up out of your mistakes as as if Alec Burks had like what you said like as if Alec Burks did not play basketball after they play good basketball after they signed him to play good basketball like no the whole point of signing Alec Burks was to have a good basketball player on a contract flexible enough to deal in a number of situations just because you move off of him and he's not a fucking 15-year Nick who's destined to never pay for a meal in New York. He was, he was obviously like a perfect here. signing, actually, because while you had him, he was productive. And while you got rid of him, you got to make a move that you got to make because he was on a tradable contract and he's a good player. Like, that's what you want in a piece. Right. That's the that's whole, whole point, point. literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> well, like, I thought... I just hated... I mean, like what you were saying, YC, that part was so annoying because it was like, like the moment we traded them, it was like, wow, can't believe the Knicks gave up these super valuable rotation pieces. And in the case of Alec Brooks, I actually agree, which is why when he was a Nick, it was insanely annoying that they, people, we had fucking people talking about like they got to attach draft capital to move Alec Brooks. Like, no, why, why would we, why would we do that? Like what? Well, he's a good player. He shot over forty percent from three for the last three years. He like, is suddenly he's yeah, healthy, he's a solid defender. Like he's 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. He's been healthy the last three years too. But people was, don't realize that. Like, I haven't talked about it because you know he's on his way to Detroit or whatever. But like Alec Burks' development story in New York is a thing that happened. They took a player who's older, who was considered a shit defender, and always hurt, and made him never hurt and a good defender, and played him at point guard. Like, it wasn't a great <laughs> idea, but... The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The ship was only sinking kind of slowly while they did it. So, like, No, no, no. Burks, Burks is, look, you talk about, I remember talking about this way back when, like, when the Knicks signed Melo to that extension in, or the new contract, whatever you want to call it in uh, 2014 and at the time i was like uh, you know because i'm a homer i'm always going to justify <laughs> everything that Knicks do i was like this is fine like this contract will be fine Melo will be worth the contract we're good don't worry about it but like i actually remember one of the things that uh, a few people brought up was like look like Melo has stayed really effective as a scorer because he's added like these various skills as a scorer as he's aged and he's become less athletic and less of a driver in the basket but like, there's only so much that you can add to like offset father time, essentially. And the crazy thing with Burks is like, he's actually a more efficient scorer now than he was when he could yam on dudes because he's just become a total sniper from three. And like, that is an insane development. Whether and I'm not, you know, it's this is trust me, I'm not. I don't think me and Press is out here trying to talk about like, you know, we gave up a fucking stud or something like that but we have a really solid that's a solid player that's a Alec solid player probably he's yeah he's probably he's the really best solid. thing that went out in all of those trades honestly oh easily yeah, not, even, not close. even close yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, and he, then he, like really yeah, and, then, and it's also like, like what i don't understand about that either is it gets framed in this most bullshit way where it's like oh they're clearing they're clearing all of this cap space just for jalen brunson and it's like no 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 that's not what they did what they did is they cleared out cap space for sure, but they traded out 11 and six seconds for three future first round picks. That's part of it. And not only did they clear space for Brunson, but they also cleared space for Isaiah Hartenstein, who, like, I think everybody in the NBA and Twitter and whatever, would you trade Isaiah, would you trade Nerlens Noel and two second round picks? Yeah, let's say two second round picks for Isaiah Hartenstein. I think everybody would do that. That's effectively like what the value was of that portion of the of that shit. Like if they didn't want to clear space for Hartenstein, they could have kept Noel. They could have kept Noel, and then they could have just done the Burke salary dump and the 
Kemba salary dump and they would have had space for, for Brunson. You know, like they did, they, that was more than that. So like, and they also created space enough to sign Jericho Sims to a three-year standard contract instead of keeping him on a two-way or having to dip into an exception. And if they'd signed him using ex- uh, an exception, they would have only been able to give him a two-year contract. So like, there is value to what the Knicks did um, that goes beyond, oh, they cleared capture for Brunson. And you know, the other thing about the Brunson shit, I just got to say this too, like, I, don't, I just don't understand. I, I keep hearing people, like, I think because the Knicks did it, there's this entire thing of like, oh, well, like, they paid a little bit above what you'd like, but it's fine. A little, a little bit of, like, I just don't agree with that. Like, I think he's basically worth that contract. And, we'll and especially now that the details of the contract came out, by the end of it, he's going to be making 23, which is, at that time, going to be not pocket change, but pretty, pretty fucking good. NBA, <laughs> NBA pocket change. Yeah, NBA Dave Dolan pocket change. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, it's just, you know, when you see the, the Knicks, they – they they made that contract. They made the space for that contract to make it painful if Dallas wanted to match it. It was going to be painful for Dallas to match it. It would have put them deep in the tax. It would have cost them, you know, like fucking seventy million dollars. Actually, right? Like it was going for for the first year. That was going to be a painful contract. That was the price the premium Knicks paid to make it painful for them and to ensure they got Brunson. I guess what they got him. So like. You went the Knicks, the mediocre ass Knicks that nobody wants to sign with, that nobody cares about. They went to a team that went to the Western Conference Finals, and they took their second best player from them. For nothing. and they didn't they didn't for pay that much of a premium them, either. They, when you consider that, like free agents to have to move now, you have to kind of pay a premium or do something, or they really want to be here. And maybe it was a combination of all those things. But yeah. the idea that like what. What player of that caliber, like take the names out of it, take the Knicks out of it, take Jalen Brunson's name out of it. What player of that caliber are you getting to sign for less than that where you feel okay about that contract? What are what numbers are people looking at to justify that that's an overpay, especially when he's going to a new team? They looking at pre-NBA inflation numbers. They looking at contracts from like, the last time they paid attention. I mean, in some ways, the CBA is like saving everybody. I don't think Leon and the front office we have now, I think they're pretty smart and they've demonstrated enough to show they're not idiots. But I think the fact that you just can't give a guy a seven-year deal anymore helps a lot too because any overpay, which again, this is not one, is going to be over pretty soon or going to be tradable pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just... I don't know. I don't want to belabor this anymore. I just find that the coverage of that stuff to be like so stupid and disingenuous. And, you know, like even like, like you can just tell Boston made that, that Brogdon trade. And like, I think that's a good trade. Like, I have no problem. Like, I think he is a value add for them. Um, it's kind of weird because last year I was like higher on all the moves the Celtics made than most people. And this year I'm like, yeah, it's a good move, but like, I don't really know how much it matters. Um, like I kind of still think that ultimately they they need to get another wing. That's what I think. Uh, but anyway, the point is like they make this move, they sign Gallinari, who's like seventy eight years old, and people are acting like they signed you know Kevin Durant in twenty sixteen and they're the Warriors. Like that's not what happened. Like they they made a couple good moves, but people are like acting like they stole these guys. And it's like <laughs> Gallinari. Have you guys watched Gallinari play in the last two years? 
this guy can't defend the chair. He can't move. He's like going to be useless to them past the first round of the playoffs. And that's fine. Like, you need him to just eat, eat some eat regular minutes season minutes. Regular, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I get that. That's fine. But, like, don't act like this is some move that's like, oh, my God. Like, the, this, they can go five out. Gone. No, like, shut up. Like, they're not going five out Gallinari against anybody that matters. I promise you that. Um, but, like, look, I, I we can talk about the coverage enough. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the actual man of the hour, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, real quick, like, last thing, like, because this ties directly into, like, the substance of who the players are. It, they, the coverage is making it, if you if you look at the coverage and take everything at face value, you'll think that the Knicks have to give up an arm, a leg, a liver, a heart, and fucking their asshole as well. Like, it's so insane. And, I don't think people realize, like, if I had to bet, this is probably going to happen sooner rather than later. And it's not going to be the package that uh, that everybody's saying, like Bobby Marks on Twitter right now, fucking R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Aaron Judge, 18 first-round picks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, he, what did he say? He said Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, and five first-round picks for Donovan. And, and your boy, Evan Fournier. And, and my my boy Evan Fournier, oh my god, the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> so like, it, it it it's it's crazy talk. And then I, I'm just very curious when the when the offer ends up being far lower than that. I need these reporters to keep the same energy and just talk about how Leon fucking heisted stupid Danny Age because it's gonna happen. And I I know I can't speculate what annoying way to twist it they're gonna do but they're they're gonna figure out something and it's gonna annoy me and i'm gonna be right back on this fucking pod and it kind of brings us to the next part of the well, discussion i, I just yeah. want to like, this this can be part of it too we can just yeah. lead in with this but like okay forgetting whether the knicks should or should not trade for donna mitchell for a second sure the prices of what people think it's going to take to trade for him as you talk about are illogical and i'll just ask you this like I know that on NBA Twitter, uh, that Donovan Mitchell is for sure seen as like a much better player than Rudy Gobert. Do you think that they're really viewed that differently by NBA front offices though? Because I don't. Yeah, I, I think don't they're think... both viewed as like very good, like borderline top, like twenty to twenty-five ish type dudes with yeah. Significant and it's like, flaws and significant strengths, right? <laughs> and and so, like, what I don't get is, even if you think the Gobert trade is a huge overpay, and the one thing, uh, I forgot who I was listening to, it might have been John Krasinski, uh, he's the athletic, Minnesota, the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves athletic uh, beat writer, um, he was on with Zach Lowe, and I think one of the things he was talking about was, like, if Dan- Danny Ainge wasn't going to make that trade, Unless you paid a price that, like, made him have to give him up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah, he yeah. was comfortable being like, "I don't care." Like, yeah. well, when you have that? both of them, you can say that. That's the right. thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, they paid a premium because unless they paid that premium, he wasn't going to take that offer. Right? Yeah, he had right. to be blown away with the picks because once you make, like you talked about earlier, once you make that trade. You either have to have a plan in place of like, well, we're going to take these picks and convert it into this guy and that guy and this guy, and now we're going to have a different, a more well-rounded team around Donovan Mitchell. But they didn't do that. So like they already kind of 
showed you their hand a little bit where it's like, hey, man, we might not trade Donovan Mitchell today. But we're definitely yeah, they're in rebuild. They're in rebuild mode. Uh, the retool thing and, again is bullshit. Right. The Yankees are winning. FYI, the Yankees are winning. <laughs> <laughs> special, special announcement. <laughs> um, but like, like I just when I see that, I'm like, okay, like even if you let's just say that for whatever reason, like even though everybody knows this, they still have the leverage to to get. Val, the same value for 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 Donovan Mitchell. Okay, fine. I, I'll accept that. I will accept that. Right. What I will not accept is like, oh, well, the Knicks have to throw quickly and Grimes and fucking Obi and oh, well, they have to throw RJ into the trade. And it's like, why would they have to do any of that? 